Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very interesting version of Capital Chat this morning. I'm your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me in the studio, I have Don Hamaker as well as Joanne Wallace here. And now, you're from different groups this time, but that's not really the, the whole idea here, because obviously, Don, you're from First Things First Alaska Foundation, and then Joanne... You are here as a, as you put it, a concerned citizen. A concerned citizen, and also I can speak a little bit to um, property taxes and the realtor's uh, role that we played recently in disclosure, but... Okay. Well, first of all, how are you both doing this morning? This is kind of an early, early time for me to do a show like this. <laughs> doing great, Jordan. So it's a pleasure being here, and uh, thank you for opening up the mics on Capital Chat to, to First Things First. Well, that's right. Welcome. So now I understand the big thing you want to talk with me about today is property tax. So where would you like to start with that? Well, um, I'm going to take the lead on that and open it up slightly. Um, property tax is connected to, uh, you know, spending. And what we've seen uh, recently is that uh, large increases in our assessments, which means that uh, additional uh money is going out of our pockets to cover that assessment because the mill rate, um, you know, is kind of staying level. Um, even though it's gone down a few points, um, it really hasn't gone down enough to make it a neutral uh, sum game. So it's about taxation. It's, a, it's about uh, spending. And ultimately, it's a conversation about how we should spend uh, going into the future. So uh, that's the summary, Jordan. Okay. Then, Joanne, did you want to add on to that? Um, well, I'll just use myself as a quick example. Um, my, my city assessment on my personal home went up 13%. So even though the mill rate stayed the same, they, they upped the value of my home so much that it was a 13% increase, um, which affected my taxes. Um, as a result, um, my payment's going up $250 per month starting next month, um, just because of my property taxes. Ooh. And there's many, many people in the community that ha have are realizing a, a much uh, larger increase than than 13%. Part of the uh, assessment issue, and, and you've heard in the press um, that the average across the Juno in this last assessment cycle was 16%. But you've heard variances all the way up to as high as 40%. Um, our, our property, our resident, which we've lived in for 20 years, uh, is on that higher end for whatever reason. And so ours went up 40% this, this uh, go around. And it just makes you scratch your head and go, why? Well, I mean, you're, and you're giving those, those sorts of numbers here. And do you have any, I'm sure you brought some numbers with you. I, I would imagine that you have. And so and it, does, it does raise a question as to why we've seen those increases in, in the, you know, the property assessments and the, the, the taxation therein. And so my question would be, do, do you have any idea of maybe of potential factors that could be playing a role there? Well, uh, certainly. Um, just the high cost of living, really, uh, in, in some here. Um, a, lot of, a lot of market is driven by uh, availability. And so if you just look at, at uh, our vacancy rate um, in, in rentals, for example, um, I think the last number I saw was something like 2.6 or 2.9%. So we're below 3%. 
Um, 5% is considered a healthy industry. And actually, I should hand that to Joanne because, man, uh, she's in real estate and I am not. So So as a realtor, what we're seeing is uh, we have 20% of the normal inventory that we have. And this is nationwide. This is not just in Juneau. But what we're seeing is um, with the really high interest rates, uh, people aren't selling unless they absolutely have to because then they have to turn around and buy something else. And it's, it's hard to afford something else at these interest rates. So, so yeah, the, the, it is completely a supply-demand thing. And right now we have decreased supply. And in the rental market, um, I also administer the rental, uh, you know, the, the housing page on Facebook, <laughs> which isn't always fun. But um, we have over uh, 17,000 members on that page. And it's very frustrating. Um, I've never seen so many people looking for a rental. But it's tight everywhere. And why I want to say, you know, Juno gets, it's almost like Juno's getting blamed, like we have an exclusive problem. This is, it is a nationwide problem. I think we're feeling it really hard right now, but um, I'm, I'm hoping it, it gets better soon. Um, right. But those are the numbers that I'm seeing. We have a, we have a, a 20% uh, inventory, uh, normal inventory for homes for sale. So that right there tells you a lot. Right. And, and I feel like we've just, I've discussed this on multiple other sort of shows and programs that like, Juno you know having housing problems is not new. That's been a long standing problem. Right. Well, quite a while ago, um, we had a number of commissions or, or committees looking at it. And uh, one report, I think it was done by JEDC, said we have a uh, stuck housing uh, market. I believe we've been in that stuck housing market. Uh, for a long time now, and we just don't seem to change that uh, in some of our uh, attacks on that problem. Uh, Peterson Hill, uh, for example, um, we tried that. It seems like that an average home out there is still half uh, $500,000. Um, so we really didn't solve that problem with that, with that adventure. Um, and so we're still stuck. And I'm going to just say, uh, go out on a limb and say that I feel like the the biggest problem we have with increasing housing is that the city, uh, their regulations, um, you know, they keep saying they're going to make it easier to add apartments and add density, and it's just not happening. And then, well, and then that would raise the question of, well, what do you think would need to be done in order for those steps to start moving forward? Because obviously we can always acknowledge when there's an issue, it then becomes a matter of when can we acknowledge how we can sort of make those steps to move forward? Well, uh, great question, uh, Jordan. And one of the things that, that first things first is kind of looking at uh, and exploring is uh, whether we should go into large capital projects at this particular time. So I'm going to turn the corner a little bit and uh, take on, if you will, um, the new city hall concept. Uh, As we know, the assembly decided to uh, spend uh, $50,000 of taxpayer dollars uh, to convince us to uh, vote yes uh, in the next, well, potentially the next election. They haven't actually pulled the trigger on that. but I believe they will. Um, and, uh, and so 
we're going to have a second bite at this apple to either say yes or no, do we want a new, uh, uh, hugely expensive city hall? Um, and so uh, part of the uh, issue that, that we have in this community is our appetite to spend and whether or not uh, we as a community should rethink our appetite to spend. Yeah, this town does not have a revenue raising issue. It has a spending issue. And so on that on that point, I know that and this is and I know understand that the first vote about City Hall was was before my time. And so maybe you could give me a bit of context of what that was like for that first go around. Well, a great question uh, again. Um, so I have a few documents with me that that kind of go back in time. And so this particular one just says new city hall economic analysis. And so this came out in 2022. And there were a couple of projects at the time. And one was the downtown transit center uh, project at uh, uh, 43 million. The second was the Whittier project, which actually uh, came out number one um, on the on the, uh, the the decision point was this uh, uh, Whittier project, and that was uh, 38 million. But one of the things I noticed about this document, and I kind of like it, is on page two, we have this dapper-looking CBJ employee. And I realize our audience can't see this, but uh, uh, you'll have to imagine somebody in their 30s uh, eager to go to work and serve the public. And uh, at least that's the way the the image looks. So uh, one of the things we have to consider is this 30-something individual uh, eager to work for the CBJ. Um, by the time we, we uh, break even on this less expensive project, um, it is 52 years according to this report. So our young eager employee um, at 30-something going to work, having fun, is going to be 82-something uh, by the time we break even. So this guy is going to retire. Is that correct? Should we do that to our workforce is the question. And it is a difficult question to answer. Now, we are going to be moving into our break in this uh, special, very news-heavy capital chat. It's very, it's, it's fun, but it's different. So we will be back in just a moment. You are listening to Capital Chat on KINY. And welcome back to this very news-heavy capital chat with Don Hamburger and Joanne Wallace. Now we shifted gears to talk about City Hall. And now I wanted to present you with one of the arguments that I've heard uh, on the other side of this for City Hall is is an efficiency argument. This argument that by centralizing all these things that will help the CBJ be more productive, you won't have to be going all over the place, you will have the employees in one location. What would you sort of say in response to that? Thank you for the question, uh, Jordan. Uh, I've thought about that, um, and I tend to discredit uh, the concept. Now, I understand the concept, but I thought to myself, um, let's suppose, for example, the uh, state of Alaska, um, which is also a government entity, uh, determines that for efficiency's sake, uh, they should consolidate all of their activities. Imagining that for a moment, um, we think about our population center being along the road system, Anchorage. And so let's suppose that uh, uh, the state, using the same analogy, consolidation, wants to take all of their folks, for efficiency's sake, management's sake, uh, up to Anchorage. 
What would that do to uh, Juno? And is that fair? And so when you start thinking about efficiency, um, is it correct to consolidate all of our various departments or are there other management solutions out there um, that we can employ? Better mapping, for example. Let's say, let's suppose that uh, somebody cannot find something. Um, that was one of the claims in the reasons for this new project, um, because they have to go to five different spaces to, to conduct city business. Um, why can't we tell better uh, folks where those spaces are? Personally, I have had no problem going to uh, uh, the permitting section uh, in the Marine View apartments, I think it is, um, know where it's at, um, go there when I need a, a permit to, to change something in my house. Um, and uh, quite frankly, um, you don't even have to pay city sales tax uh, bills when they're due quarterly. Uh, you can just go online and most things are done electronically anyhow. So I find the reason for consolidation a little bit thin. Okay. And now you, I know you mentioned one potential solution, you know, that better mapping, but do you have others on top of that? Because obviously we can, we can bring up one solution, but we got to have backup plans to backup plans. That's how these sorts of things tend to go. Well, okay. Uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's kind of pick on the efficiency. Um, and let me use some words by the uh, CBJ. Managing the workforce spread over multiple lease spaces does not allow for efficient staff coordination and management. Um, I honestly have held uh, executive positions in large companies. Um, we've been spread all over the uh, continental United States as far as the organization and management uh, with that diverse of a location wasn't all that difficult. Now, there are challenges, don't get me wrong, but Today, with all our technology, with all the ability to Zoom, for example, um, just to have a, a meeting, uh, I don't find a lot of credibility to spend, if you will, uh, millions and millions of dollars to solve that problem. Um, there ought to be other low-cost solutions that we can look at and explore and get those same efficiencies. So that that's my point. And you know, I understand like the I the concept of how great it would be to work in a brand new building. Wow, this would be great. But you know, when you go to most cities, where's City Hall usually? It's like the old classic building downtown. But for me the biggest point is that the voters just voted this down. They just voted it down. This is not the time to then appropriate yourself $50,000 to then try to get it approved with our money on something that we just voted down. I mean, this seems, the timing is poor, it's in, it's in very poor taste, and I, I, I adjusted, I was watching the finance committee uh, meeting when they were talking about, uh, the, the uh, city engineer had got up and was talking about the projects that they had already approved with our 1% sales tax, all those projects, she said, she was like giving them a warning. Hey, all these projects are coming in 1.7 to 1.8 over budget. So warning, warning already. The minute she finished speaking, the next thing right out of, the, uh, out of their mouths was new city hall. Like, isn't that scary? How are we gonna pay for these projects that are already over budget 
1.7 to 1.8 and then we're going to have a city hall discussion right behind it yeah go ahead frank not frank uh, sorry about that yeah. no, go ahead Don. <laughs> yeah well <laughs> um the, the thing i was thinking about um is uh, all the things that we own so jordan let me ask you or even ask the audience listening audience does anybody know how much uh stuff we own you mean the city or individually? Oh, very good. Uh, the city. We collectively, uh, through the, through the uh, city. Uh, does anybody know how, how much we own? Um, the, probably not. In fact, I asked that question um, uh, from the engineering department. And uh, finding a figure uh, for all the things that we own um, was, at least I didn't get an answer. How's that? However, if you look at the, uh, the uh, official financial document of the CBJ uh, for 2022, we have uh, $1.04 billion worth of capital assets. So that's sort of a, a mark of how much we own. Now, if you ask the next question, um, <clears throat> what is the current value of that? Um, or, well, let me rephrase that. Is that a cost value? Is that what we spent over time uh, for those assets? Or is that the current value? I didn't really receive an answer, a straight answer for that. Uh, presumably, that's the cost value. That's sort of how government, as I understand, financing uh, keeps track of things. But to think about 32,000 folks owning $1.04 billion worth of assets, that really is quite remarkable. Now, it ultimately gets down to the question, how are we taking care of those assets? Um, are we spending adequate amounts? And if we design and build new buildings, um, are we going to be in the same position um, 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now. Uh, in fact, are we going to have to expend huge sums to fix the new building that we make before we even uh, break even on it? So those are all questions that I think uh, at least some of the public are asking. And uh, we're bringing these uh, issues up and we're going to launch into this public debate. And so it would be nice to receive answers from the CBJ on these issues. Okay, then one of my one of my questions for you here, and this is something, Joanne, you mentioned it earlier. How this feels like a, sort of, I'm going to sort of more paraphrase, kind of almost like a slap in the face, where it's like because you you said the public voted it down, and now it's back on in discussion again. And so maybe elaborate more on the specific reasons for that feeling, because obviously we're talking democratic process. We voted it down. The city's supposed to represent us. That's the whole point of that. Well, the city's saying that it wasn't fully represented to the public, so they just appropriated themselves $50,000 to try to convince us of how how it is is needed. Now, that just, to me, I it doesn't even seem uh, legitimate that you could do that. And we'll see. I think there's some people that are going to contest that. Um, but, um, you know, one thing I want to add is, you know, commercial real estate across you know, the nation, that is an area with people working from home and everything changing where we're going to see a lot of empty commercial real estate. Now, when the city provided this, this, uh, uh, packet, one of the things in there, they had, uh, somebody write up available buildings to show that there are no available buildings that would be suitable for them. However, um, there's a lot of changes going on in the school system 
after COVID where kids are not back in school. Uh, a lot of parents are choosing to homeschool or go to private school. We graduated half the amount between our two schools that we normally graduate. We could be looking at a single um, high school town at some point. We might have an empty high school that could be a city hall. I mean, I think that we're just jumping the gun on, on all of this. This is just not the right time to be talking about a new city hall. Interesting. Okay. You, I think Don has some good numbers. Why say, don't you throw, go ahead, Don. You might have to be quick. Throw out we're almost, some numbers. We're almost at the end of the show, so you're going to have to be fast if you want to throw out numbers. Uh, very, very quickly, uh, on the school enrollment, uh, again, a 2022 report came out, and it just says that of the last 17 years, 14 of them, we've been in decline. So our numbers are going down substantially. In fact, 20% down over time. Gotcha. As much as I'd like to press you on that a bit more, we are actually out of time. So I would like to thank you both for coming on, and maybe we'll need to fit you on to, to the primary news time. We'll get you on to Action Line to discuss this further at another time. With Wade? That's that's problem corner. That's, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. that's, that's another time. But I'd like to thank you both for, for coming on. Thank you, Jordan. All right. Thank, thank you, you Jordan. Thanks, thanks for having us. You've been listening to Capital Chat on KINY.